0: Welcome, welcome. You're listening to the Becoming Kingdom Fit podcast, and I'm your host, Rebecca Tavert. And in today's episode, I'm going to share with you The solutions for your most common challenges, your most common roadblocks that come up when you are working on your health and fitness goals. And specifically, I asked this question on uh, my social media outlets recently. The question was, what is your biggest roadblock or what has been your biggest obstacle in reaching your health and fitness goals? And the responses, I can tell you, are not unique. In over a decade of coaching, I've heard these responses many times, so I thought that it would be helpful to share with you um, some uh, truth-loving, myth-busting, belief-breaking, stronghold-breaking truths. Um, and also practical steps to overcome them. So I'm going to dive into that in just a minute, but I want to lead by example also and first start this episode and start this new year by being in celebration. And I encourage you and invite you to do the same. I encourage and invite you to think of what do you get to celebrate? Um, not just because it's the new year, not just about 2022, although I highly recommend being intentional about looking back and choosing to see what the, po- the positives were, choosing to see um, what the uh, lessons were, the, the challenges that turned into growth, all of those things. In fact, I'll do another episode on that. I recently uh, took a, a group of clients through our New Year game plan, and I'm going to create an episode on that as well because it, the feedback on that was very powerful. Of course, it it is always helpful to be in the room and actually get to do the work alongside a like minded community group. Uh, however, uh, the this will be the next best thing, right? Is as delivering a podcast episode. So be looking for that shortly, but. In celebrating, uh, we get to, I think in society, a lot of times we are taught to carry restraint or even in Christian culture, sometimes if we uh, celebrate, it is sometimes negatively looked upon as if it's being prideful. I believe that as long as you are in the right place, right? What matters most is your heart, your intent, your motive. And when you are in the right place, Celebrating wins and being feeling a sense of pride, not being proud, full, but feeling a sense of pride is one of the ways that we get to glorify god because we know that it's by his work in and through us that we are able to show up and do what we do we are able to experience the experiences we have and or create the impact that we uh get to you know impart upon other people type thing and so with that I encourage you to do the same, but I want to quickly celebrate one um, one of my clients renewing for the fifth year, and the reason this—I think it's five years now—and um, the reason this is so significant, and I want to highlight it, is because of it. The 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 theme behind it, the thought process behind it might also help and benefit you, which is one of the reasons why I want to celebrate this um, with you. In that, sometimes, whether you're on year five of investing in yourself in any aspect of life, or you're in the very beginning stages, and maybe you've not yet invested in yourself and you have some either money hang, uh, hang ups or worthiness hang ups or whatever the case may be about and or like somebody I um, spoke to recently, like the I, I hear this, I've heard this many times in the past as well, not to pick on one person, but that I should be able to do this on my my own. And so I, I shared um, via email a whole um, thing on don't shit all over yourself again in 2023, right? Because it's this understanding That no matter how far you are, you get to receive support. You get to invest in yourself for the purpose of being expanded and supported in the areas in which you want to perform at your highest levels. And especially when it comes to your health and your well-being. This particular client, like actually many of my clients are are high-performing Christian women. and But this particular client is not an entrepreneur. She's in the more an executive environment. And to watch her growth and her transformation and what she's been able to accomplish over the time in which we have worked together, right, her work ethic, her determination, which she had long before her and I crossed paths. But like I always say, when you align your health, it is the tide that rises all other ships. And the work that I get to do, right, a lot of women are drawn to me because they have some sort of weight loss goal. And honestly, this client was not any different. This client was um, when we originally started working together. She didn't have a lot of weight to lose, but she just was. She knew that she wanted more. She believed that she was capable of more. And because she wasn't at the more, because she wasn't feeling as great as she wanted to feel in her body, about her body, she knew that although she had already even at that point created huge success, that the physical sense of well-being was limiting her. That, for example, walking into a boardroom, it sometimes would be a distraction just in terms of how her suit was fitting her or being like, we all have crazy stinking thinking, like you're not there for this purpose, but the thought randomly comes to mind like, is my belly hanging over or that just the discomfort of a tight, extended belly, right? Um, Or, you know, are they thinking about my arms and not as I'm lifting it to like point out this thing on the board or, or whatever, we all have crazy thoughts, right? And so for that reason, uh, she was at that point where she wanted to enlist a new solution. She actually had been trying many things, and the many things that she had been trying was not getting her the result that she wanted. And however, as she has evolved our, our coaching and the work that I get to do, it now becomes not just about the physical results that she's experiencing, but the who she has become in the process a closer, consistent, personal time with God. Uh, as that, as a result of that, getting even greater clarity and certainty in who she is, the value she brings to the table, um, putting herself in positions and in rooms that felt very stretched beyond what her previous capacity was or her previous sense of worthiness. But because of the work that she did, because of the ways we got to work together, she was able to remind herself, catch the thoughts, take them captive, take them against what God's word says to be true, even just in the practical sense of reminding yourself of the things that you have accomplished by God's work in and through you, that if you are in the room it is because god has designed you to be in that room there is a reason that you are there and the value that you bring to it and so much more like i it just i could go on forever because i'm just so crazy proud of her and, and honored for the work that we got to do together but the the conversation that comes up that Again, whether it's your like fourth year, fifth year, sixth year investing in yourself or the help with the um, with the help of coaches and mentors, whether it be for business or your health and your well being, um, it's just to inc- and or if it's this is going to be the first year you choose to invest yourself because in the past maybe you didn't feel like you were worthy or you had some money hangups or um, whatever the case may be, and so you've or and or you're one of the people that felt like I should be able to do this on my own, right? Or I I know what to to do, I'm not doing it, I don't, like, and so I just feel like I should, like, I, and you almost feel guilty investing money to get the help, and yet that guilt is going to land you in the exact same place you are today a year from now if you allow it to, to take control, if you allow the guilt to hold you back, if you allow the guilt of what you think you should be doing which again, don't shit all over yourself. That's ridiculous, right? When you know better, you do better. But if you allow that to be, then it will be. If you allow that to be, then you will be in the same place this year, this time next year, right? And of course, I don't want that for you. Um, So regardless, year one or year five, understand this. When you look at the top athletes in the world, they are the top 1%, right? of athletic capabilities. And yet they know the strategies. They know the techniques. They've been practicing and mastering their craft for years and decades. Many of them start when they're super, super young. So they have decades of experience. They have decades of head knowledge. They have decades of practicing and walking out their craft. And yet they are always surrounded by a team of coaches. And I strongly believe that those of us that are called to be uniquely set apart, especially uh, in business, whether it be executive or entrepreneurship, when we have, now there's no, again, to be clear, every unique and greater purpose is incredibly important and there is a, a critical role for you to play. And also, for those of us that are called to influence not just our immediate environment, not, I shouldn't use the word just, but beyond our immediate environment, when we are called to be on stages, when we are called to be an influencer of change in government policies, when we are called to be in ministry then our reach is even greater. Therefore, our skills, our expertise, what it is that we're working on mastering all of those things is not only critical, but it is also expected to the level in which you are meant to impact others is to the extent in which the enemy has a target on your back. Right, I I think the enemy work like is selective. I think the enemy first and foremost, as we know, for he doesn't need to worry about non-believers because they're undoing themselves. Right, they're already living in worldly ways. They're already making choices that that are ultimately not for their highest good. Um, so he doesn't need to worry about those. And then for those of us that are believers, but for some reason maybe, and this had been me in the past you're playing small, or you think that you're whatever it might be right he the the limiting beliefs are holding you back right, and so he knows that, so he might you may not experience as an aggressive of resistance, so to speak, for those of us that are at a place in our walk with God where we have clarity and certainty of the call placed on our life, whether it's Ministry or speaking or imp- writing books or that executive that gets to be the the vessel, um, you know. It's it's just a different type of stage. It's a different type of platform. The the policymakers, whatever it might be. The opportunity for you to reach more people is just inherent in the role and the call in your life. Does that make sense? And therefore, the mark, the target that you have on your back is even greater. And therefore, it is even more so important and critical that you understand it's not a matter of whether you can or should be able to do it alone. It is that you have a responsibility in order to cultivate the unique purpose God has placed on your life you have a responsibility to do your part and in doing so that means that you also get to have the support and the resources that he has put in your life you get to invest in yourself for your if depending on what field you're in whether it's your education or your expertise Or invest in yourself in business coaching and 1000% investing in yourself when it comes to health and health coaching or life coaching because you get to have that advocate that can see what you can't see. You get to have that coach that has a success proven method so that not only do you know that, you know, provided that you're investing with someone that you believe that you know well enough, that you like them, you're going to respect them, and therefore you're going to follow their lead. You trust that they can do what they say they can do, right? They've done it for themselves. They've done it for others. When you have that person and you feel this connection with them, understand that it is not weakness to continue to walk with them. It's not weakness to invest in yourself by way of their coaching. It is strength. It almost is I um, I don't want to say that it's a necessity because it, God is always first and foremost, but it is one of the tools that I know God has given because I happen to be one of those coaches. Trust me, it is By God's work in and through me and it is my honor and I take that responsibility very seriously in the role that I get to play for the women that he puts in and a few good men along the way. But for the people that I am meant to coach, that he has uniquely designed for me to coach, I know I am uniquely created to stand in the gap for them specifically. I'm not meant to work with everybody. I don't want to be that person that tries to please all people. I have a very unique method. I have a very unique personality. I have a very unique way of being and doing. We all do. And there is, for those of the, for the people that I am a match for and or for the coach, whether it's me or somebody else that you are a match for, understand that that is part of the team that I believe God is placing in your life. And some people are meant to just be there for a season and some people are meant to be there for a lifetime and you will know in your gut what the difference is. Right. I've worked with many of coaches, both, uh, and even me as somebody that has been 20 years in. And I promise I'm going to get to the, the basics. But this is there's a reason for me expressing all of this. I'm sure. But even me, going back to I should be able to do this on my own. I I honestly don't even I don't list all the whatever letters behind my name because it wouldn't mean anything to you you wouldn't know what they are other than it looks like a lot of letters behind my name right from multiple certifications in training in nutrition um but yet still i still invest for purposes of my own health and well-being periodically and i still invest in fact i already have the next um a uh, new uh, nutrition coach that I personally want to invest in to learn her ways of being and doing, and and it also to fine tune some things for me and get some um, next iteration understanding of 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 me my my current state of being and doing physically, uh, and also. Of course, I've invested in, I don't even know how many business coaches over the last uh, decade as an entrepreneur. And each one played a critical role. And some I was with for a short period of time. Maybe it was a 12-week, you know, high-end investment. For some, I was with for years. Um, For some, even though I might not be still invested in them, they're still a very big part of My uh, like mentorship, they're still part of my virtual team that God has surrounded me with to, to be part of, right? So all of that to say that as you're looking at this new year, I want you to understand that whether it's year five of investing in yourself or you're new to investing in yourself. There should be no guilt, no shame, no ego, no pride attached to it. Use wisdom, use discernment, invite God into your decision process, but do not allow the enemy to have a foothold in that decision-making process. The enemy having a foothold looks like a scarcity belief, looks like I don't want to spend the money on myself. There, It's no spending. If you have that mentality, there's other work to do. It's investing in the arsenal of tools, resources, and coaches that are going to help you expand into all that God has for you, for your greatest potential. And when it comes to your health and well-being, I truly believe that is the most critical. That's like the foundation of all the other type of investments because of the fact that you are the operator of all other things that you choose to do. You are the vessel, your physical body. And this is not what this episode is about, so I'm going to keep this short. But it is the greatest scheme of the enemy to convince you that self-care is selfish. It is the greatest scheme of the enemy to have normalized being overweight in the United States, over 70% is, are overweight. It is, the, it is the scheme of the enemy knowing that that has been normalized when he also knows to the extent in which you carry extra weight is to the extent which you are further distracted, discouraged physically, and that's only the beginning. It is also to the extent in which you've increased your risk for disease, dis-ease and disease, like type two diabetes, like the virus that we've all been dealing with for three years, like the certain types of cancer, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, I could go on forever. And so it is absolutely one of the most deceptive schemes of the enemy to make you believe that your own personal well-being is insignificant or anything less than looking and feeling your best should be tolerated. I'm not talking about six-pack abs. If you want six-pack abs, there's nothing wrong with that. But I am not talking about having some picture-perfect airbrushed image of a model on a magazine. I'm talking about you being able to wake up every single morning and moving freely in your body, being able to go into your closet and get dressed with ease because you're slipping into those sizes that allow you to feel confident and in control and And proud of who you are versus three to five outfit changes because you're worried about whether something is fitting right or hanging out or hiding something, whatever the case may be, right? And having that energy and that confidence project into everything, doing the hard thing and overcoming the battle that you have with food, it is not easy. And a lot of what you've been taught is wrong. It's inaccurate. It's just perpetuated the the cycle and the issues that you've experienced year after year after year. And so until you learn how to shift that, you're going to have the same experience. You're doing the same iteration, Right. It might look it might have a different wrapper on it, but it's essentially the same iteration of what you've done for years and decades. So, of course, you're going to get the same result. Lose the 20 pounds, gain it back, gain 30, then feel incur- discouraged because you feel like you failed, like the system fails you. Right. So let me jump into some of the common um things that come up and this I'm not saying this is you because it may not be you but they are pretty common and so I'll share them with you um the and I'll share come a, kind of the the simpler things uh first and the quick ones and get those out of the way and then we'll go into uh sugar and then uh the intuitive eating concept that is can be incredibly misleading uh first of all someone said I don't have time <laughs> and I apologize for the chuckle, but it just goes back to we all have the same amount of time and we all have the same 24 hours a day. And now I know that the majority of you, 99.9% of you listening to this episode, 100% get this, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. But we all have the same 24 hours in a day. To say I don't have time is choosing to be a victim instead of a victor. You have the exact amount of time you need to do whatever it is you've decided is a must versus just a want. Because when you think about a it, very simple example, again going back to the virus that we've dealt with for the last three years, you probably felt like in the past, you might have felt like you what would happen if you had to take a week off of work or if you had to be home for a week, you would go stir crazy and you just I know I for me myself, I've anecdotally said, I don't have time to be sick, right? And the reality is that when you are forced to make the time because your body shuts down and you physically don't feel good or there's some federal mandate that says you have to be home and isolated and all these things, all of a sudden you have the time because it became a must. We always, always get our must. We rarely, rarely, sometimes get our wants. But we always get our must. So when you decide that... Getting to that state of being that you say you want is a must. And part of this comes back to believing that it's possible. But the first element driving force is deciding that it's a must. When you decide that 23, 2023, like getting to that physical well-being that you want is a must, you will find the time. You will find the financial resources if that's if that's something that is a need for you. Um, because money is all relative, right? For, for some of us, it's, it's a no brainer to invest in ourselves. For some of us, it's a stretch, but even then, even if you're on the side of it feels like a stretch, even if it, you're on the side of it feels like I can't, or I don't have it when it's a must, you do it, you know, even going back to the finances for a second, when like our kids have something going on, we find the time, the money for that, right? So you have the time. So the first step in saying I don't have time is just own your stuff and remind yourself that I have the time. I'm just not creating the time. I'm making all of these other things more important than what I say I want, right? So the next time you say I don't have time for that, try saying it's not important to me and see how that feels and decide if you still want that to be true decide to say it's not a priority for me. Yeah, I say I want it, but it's not a priority for me because I am not choosing to invest time in it. All right? I'm not going to spend too much time on that because I think a lot of you agree with that. The second one is uh, getting to the gym. Now, mind you, you being at a gym is not the only solution. Um, you also do not need to spend hours at a gym. right? My Area of expertise is uh, teaching you how to lose weight for the last time without giving up your favorite foods or spending hours at a gym. It's not just a tagline. It's 100% true, regardless of how many times you feel like you've failed in the past, regardless of how much you feel like you are short on time or don't really want to be. You know, maybe that's one of your blocks is you feel like it. you assume that it means that you'll have to spend hours and hours in a gym or hours and hours of exercise and, and you don't. However, if you want to be in a gym. For example, I still like, I have a full <laughs> home gym and I still like to go to a physical gym. Um, and one of the reasons is because I enjoy being around other people and or if you've not yet any tried finding some sort of small group group uh, class whether it be a crossfit or a spin cycle or uh, I don't know what else is out there all there's all kinds of things out there right for you to experiment and try there's something about the connection of a group right and so if you want either the connection of the group And or you do want to go to what I now call like an old school box gym where it's like a 24 hour or an EOS or an LA Fitness or Lifetime Fitness, whatever it is that you have in your local area. If you want to walk in, but you feel intimidated, which is what somebody shared recently and 100% I felt the same way when I first started out 20 years ago. So for me, I actually started with videotapes. I know some of you don't know what those are, but there was these things called VHS and there was like this almost like a, well, I was going to say almost like a cassette tape, but you wouldn't know what that is either. But you would plug it into this thing called a VCR and then it was like today's version of streaming in YouTube. <laughs> and uh, and I did Tony Horton, like the original Beachbody 20 years ago, Tony Horton, But Tony Horton wasn't showing up at my door if I didn't get a workout in, right? And or I wanted to be able to do more. So um, I wanted to go into a physical gym. That was a good start for me because it allowed me to move my body. And what I was intimidated by originally was I felt so uncomfortable in my body. um, And we tend to almost wear it on. We feel like it's the shame of our physical well-being is on our forehead, right? And we feel like everybody is going to be staring at us. And I 100% got that feeling. And I even walking into the gym, I wish I could tell you I'd resolved all that before I walked in, but I didn't. I chose to walk in anyway. I chose to sit with that discomfort of assuming that people were staring at me, judging me, watching me. But my desire to be healthy because my why was strong enough, back then my why was my son, my desire to be healthy and to create a different result was stronger than the judgment or the opinions I assumed other people had of me. And guess what? This is what I had learned over time having experienced that firsthand myself and now having coached for over a decade and owning a fitness facility for a decade and all of those things is I can tell you this. Nobody cares. And it. what is the Dr. Seuss quote? No one, those that matter do not mind. Those that mind do not matter. Something like that, right? And the reality is that when you walk into, whether it be one of those training sessions in a small group environment or you're walking into a box gym, truly the majority of the people either have that same secu- insecurity and or they're so busy, focused on themselves, that they really do not have time or attention reflected on you at all. So get, I, I was going to say get beyond that thought, which is hard to do. You get to walk in feeling it and trusting that it really does not matter. What matters most is the result that you want to experience. And un, but also understand that the majority of people are kind, and when you choose to assume that in my brick and mortar fitness business, um, a lot of times I would meet with someone before they ever started. It wasn't like a just a you know pay whatever and and join. I would meet with people to make sure that they were a good fit for the facility, get an understanding of their goals, all that kind of stuff. Knowing that this was a challenge for me and was for so many others about having that fear and that hesitation of walking in that first day, I would always forewarn them that you're going to feel scared. You might even feel like you want to puke in your mouth a little bit. And I want you to know that in our environment, and I can't speak for every environment, but we know that. We understand. And so we work intentionally to make sure that you feel encouraged, supported, all of the things. And also, though, you get to trust me for this moment to walk through that door that first time and you get to look for how you're being supported and you get to look for the kindness in others and you get to look for the smiles and the affirmations right? You get to look for it and then that's what you see and that's what you will find. And that's true about anything, right? What we look for, we find. So if you walk into, whether it be a small gym environment, now I've also, since I've closed my brick and mortar fitness business, I have been a part of other, um, like I joined another fitness facility and I, I, it was a CrossFit and I um, enjoyed the workouts. But I also know that not every community, we really were. We had something special and amazing in my community. And it's just by God's work in and through me. And the because of my experience and my struggle, um, we overemphasized community and connection and affirmations and being seen and, and all of those things. And I 100% get having been in other people's environments that not everybody has that that lens, that frame of reference. So then therefore they don't know to provide it, right? They might be awesome people. They might be great at delivering workouts, but the community may not be at that level. And that's okay. You're there to, like you get to then be the the temperature in the room, not the thermometer. The temperature is the driving force. The thermometer just simply reads the temperature. So you get to... Um, but part of being that temperature is deciding what you want to see and what you want to see in others is what you will see. So assume the best, assume that they're kind, assume that they're nice, right? And, um, and that's what you'll see and you'll feel fair enough. So don't let that intimidation keep you from getting started. Right. And there's tons of free resources, even with the clients that I work with now, I no longer uh, provide workouts because there, there's just so many resources out there. Um, for me personally, it wasn't worth my uh, – t- I did not want to invest the time and attention in um, creating the, the workouts themselves anymore when there's so many resources out there, Right. Um, so there's plenty to, my point is, is there's plenty of free resources online and on YouTube, uh, if you want to start at home and, um, but community and being in person, there's definitely something to be said for that. Fair enough. So the next, um, we're going to talk about sugar and then we'll talk about, um, intuitive eating. So the sugar, I want you to understand that there is a very real, Addiction associated with sugar and highly processed carbohydrates or packaged processed foods, um, and I'm not going to go into all of the details today, except for to, because truly that could be an episode of its own. The food industry with the additives that they put into foods, um, the the fact that there's uh, just a handful of food companies that reg that literally own our entire food system. Um, for packaged and processed foods at this point, and uh, the so that's a whole uh, conversation in and of itself. But I want you to under to know this: that if you feel like I just can't get away from it, uh, knowledge is a start to change. And the knowledge that I want to share with you is that sugar truly is addictive packaged processed food turns into sugar in your bloodstream and so therefore your body is having it a lot of it is driven by mental emotional however it is also true that your body is having a physical response one of the things that I've shared with my clients many times over the years is the fact that you can I think you can still google I haven't tried in a couple years but um, there's a there was an image floating around for years of a researcher who did the uh, brain scans of what sugar looks like on a brain versus crack cocaine, and it hits all of the same receptors in your brain. So there's the obvious sugar, like you know cake, that's in cakes and cookies and and all of those things, but packaged processed food breaks down so quickly that it turns into blood sugar very fast and what turns it what goes up very fast, it increases your blood sugar, the rate of sugar that's in your bloodstream. And what goes up really fast comes down really fast because your body works overtime. It's not meant to be. It it sees the excess sugar as something that it needs to move on. And so you, when your blood sugar raises, it triggers certain hormone responses that are all the feel good hormones, the dopamine the serotonin, all of the it, it uh, all the feel good hormones. So just like crack cocaine, your brain's like. Oh that felt really good. Where'd that go? I want more of that. And when you understand that, it is the beginning of not the beginning of a knowledge that helps you better discern um and or not beat yourself up for what you feel like you aren't doing and or help you understand why it doesn't make sense that you quote unquote should be able to do it on your own. Somebody that's addicted to drugs would like it, I mean, that's a whole different analogy, but usually they they need help overcoming that addiction, whether it be drugs or alcohol or shopping or whatever it is. Make sense? And so when you are wanting to get beyond that sugar, one of the things that I teach my clients is sometimes there is a time and a place to start with moderation and there is a time and a place where you will have certain trigger foods that you get to one, identify and also decide whether or not you're going to choose to have them for a period of time. And what I mean by that is I truly teach women and a few good men along the way that they can um, still enjoy their favorite foods. That's part of what allows me to equip women to make it a lifestyle change versus just a diet. Because when you think about, I'm not, if you think, if you tell yourself, I'm not ever going to have that again right? Then that's not sustainable. That's not a lifestyle change, right? That's why so many of the other types of diets fail, whether it be keto or, uh, I, keto is the most common one because a lot of times what I'll hear when it comes to keto is someone will say, well, it worked for me until the holidays. It worked for me until birthdays. It worked for me until whatever. It does not work if it is not sustainable, I don't know about your definition of work, but my definition of work and my client's definition of work, we want a lifestyle change. We want to be equipped and empowered and embody the the God spirit in us that tells us that we are a spirit of self-control. And we want to be able to enjoy whatever we perceive to be treats in moderation without feeling like we're going to lose self control right and so anyway um but as part of the process in the beginning because there is this physical response you may need some separation from it for a period of time an example i'll use myself as an example when i first started out on this healthy journey there's many different ways to 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 approach it there's deferring what you want there's going without for a period of time but whatever you decide to do at some point in time early on in my journey I was allowing myself to have whatever a sugar or treat or whatever the case may be but in the beginning I still chose to not have any type of candy for quite some time The reason I chose to not have candy is that specific type of sugar would then send me into a mental and physical tailspin where I would try, it was like in my own strength, just trying with everything in me to not give in to the temptation again. So there's something specific about the type of sugar or the way my body processes, I should say, um, straight sugar like a candy like M&Ms as an example, to be very specific, to where I I couldn't, I I don't want to say I couldn't, but if I chose to have a bag and I wanted to just have a bag, in order for me to just have the bag and not then go get more and more and more it was a process for the next day, two days, three days of me mentally being distracted by this craving for more of the sugar making sense versus going it was it was better for me it was my choice to go without it at all until I got further away from that physical response And once you get further away from that physical response, then you get to decide what you can add back in, in moderation without spiraling. So at this point in my journey, I can tell you that I truly get to eat whatever I want, whenever I want. Um, My want-tos have changed for sure. I no longer want to have M&Ms every day because I know that that's not going to lead to clarity of mind. That's not going to lead to focus. That's not going to lead to me feeling my best. So I no longer want them every day. But if I want to have a handful of M&Ms or a bag of M&Ms or Twizzlers is my movie thing or whatever, I can have that. And enjoy it for the treat that it is and not feel like I'm going to spend the next three days fixated or not fixated but preoccupied on the idea of having more Twizzlers or more M&Ms. And part of that is that my physical response has moderated and a big part of that is the mindset and the habit work that I've done to, to get to where I am which is what I get to walk my clients through which kind of brings me um, to the next step. And that is the idea of intuitive eating, which I'm not going to lie, drives me a little crazy because here's the thing. (laughs) Intuitive eating sounds great and because it, and I do believe that it is partially right, but it is missing a huge component. So at some point in time, just as I teach, just as God has taught me and I get to teach on, we, the words I use is becoming a student of your mind and body. And when you are at that point where you're a student, student of your mind and body, intuitive eating makes sense. Listening to your body and discerning what foods are going to empower you to feel your best that day or when you're full versus when you're satisfied, or when you're eating too much, or whatever, using intuition and or using intuitive guides, there there you can get to that point. I think that in some ways you could apply that to the end result of what I get to um, work with women on, right? The the end result of where they, I should say, what becomes more of a lifestyle. However, let me make this really clear. It does not work if you do not address the root cause of all of the issues that led up to the choices that created your current results. And that is the biggest missing piece associated with it. So to tell someone to try and teach somebody intuitive eating who has the intuition that has led them to become 30, 50. 75 pounds overweight, in my opinion, is just naive and borderline irresponsible because even if they can navigate it for a short period of time, if you do not address the the thoughts and the behaviors that led to that moment, they're not actually following intuitive eating. It's not going to be sustainable. Because they, you get to identify what you previously perceived as being intuitive that does not serve you. What you're actually doing is yet another diet that is going to be short-lived based on what you've been told should be the right thing to be eating. The difference being... And what I explain, one of the analogies that I use um, in helping my clients under discern this is um, I live in, bear with me, I'm, I like my my stories because I'm super visual and maybe you are too, but I live in the United States and specifically in a town in Southern California called Redlands. And in this town, we have a lot of what is referred to as Victorian homes. Now, Victorian homes is a particular style of home that is uh, you know, decades decades old, 50, 60, 75 years old, and these homes are beautiful in my opinion on the outside. What what draws me to these homes is because they're all so uniquely designed. And in California, it's you are hard pressed to find unique homes. Uh, you'll have what's called like tracks of housing where there's four to five models of houses for that track, but they're all pretty much the same. And then you could go on to another track of housing and they have another four to five models that are all pretty much the same. Whereas Victorian houses are literally uniquely designed, each and every one of them. And so we have this, this full neighborhood, like the, the center of the core kind of older town, um, uh, so to speak, is full of these Victorian homes, these original homes that have so much beauty and detail uh, and uniqueness to them from the outside that I used to think that was a goal of mine because the, to to own one of these homes at this point is an investment of itself. So I used to think that that was a goal. Someday I want to, to invest in a Victorian home. And you know, like just even looking at the surface, you know that there's some things that, you know, maybe someone hasn't been taking care of it and it might need some new, a new roof and or what have you, right? However, When I really started to look into it and think further into the idea of investing, I decided 100% without a doubt, I do not want to invest. (laughs) And the reason is because when you have a 50, 70 year old, 75 year old home, 100 year old home, maybe not 100 years, but 50, 70 years old, it comes with 50, 70 year old wiring, and plumbing every so many of those homes still have their original blueprint their original support systems and I don't know about you but I'm a straight up I am very grateful to have first world problems and no more no less And what I mean by that is I love modern conveniences. Like all joking aside, I don't take it for granted that I am incredibly privileged by just the fact of living in the United States and um, having the ability to have central air and central heat and, and all those things. And so those what I consider to be basic for the quality of life I want to live aren't guaranteed in those homes. So when you go into these homes, now, not even to mention, like, what if I want a smart home? What if I want to be able to put in the new devices that are now, you know, you walk in and you talk to your home and you get to turn on lights and you get to, you know, turn things on from an app even before you get to your home, like all of these amazing things that are happening and or in the works. And in order to prepare this Victorian style home For the new upgrades, for the expansion of what is now possible, you have to go in with an expert and decide what wiring no longer supports the upgrades you want to put in the home. What plumbing no longer supports the convenience of having an easy flushable toilet that's not going to get backed up every time you use it for the essentials and the that analogy I think God gave it to me because I am so visual and being where I am now 20 years into my journey over a decade of coaching um hands-on obviously with uh you know it's thousands of people at this point uh and also everything I've done to um curate What is the word I'm looking for curate right my knowledge and my expertise with certifications and all this kind of stuff um understanding that it is that wiring that symbolizes our thoughts right just as God says for as a man thinks in his (coughs) excuse me for as a man thinks in his heart so is he it's one of the guiding verses that he gave me a few years back and knowing that everything you are experiencing today is a result of what you thought and believed at some point in time which then drove your choices those choices made consistently over time and or even just sometimes it's it's a single choice that directly impacts the result that you're experiencing today and so therefore when you apply that to health and well-being it's still all ties back to being able to identify the thoughts that you've held onto for so long that they've become your beliefs that then drive your choices. Those choices made consistently over time cultivated the habits that you've held, which resulted in the results you currently experienced. So in order to change the results in a sustainable way, just like in order to upgrade the Victorian home, I can't just go slap on new light fixtures and or slap on a smart panel and expect it to work without changing, identifying the old wiring that won't support it and putting in the wiring and or the systems that would support the panel. Make sense? and our health and well-being, you can't just slap on a diet and expect that that result then becomes sustainable. Even if you do see a temporary result, that's why it's not sustained because you've not shifted who you be. You've only changed what you do and your doing left unsupported cannot be sustained It does not have the foundation to hold the expansion or the physical result that you're creating, which is why the idea of intuitive eating alone does not work. You get to lean in. You get to, and so part of what I teach my clients is the health conscious biblical blueprint. It's part of my kingdom fit method of being able to identify the thoughts that have not served you, which you may think, because this is another scheme of the enemy and our own stinking thinking, you may think that you should be able to identify that on your own, and/or just by being in your God's word, which of course. Course. God can and does often reveal things to us individually in powerful ways. And also, he uses people and resources and coaches and mentors and all the things to help you see what you cannot see. Because when you've held a belief for so long, you no longer even question it because you just assume it as fact. You assume some of the beliefs that you hold actually are not true at all, but you believe them to be as true as you would tell somebody that the sky is blue. And we all have those beliefs, which is why God places people in our life at different seasons, different times, and you get to be an active participant in leaning in and being open to understanding that you don't know what you don't know, right? Because you have to be able to identify those thoughts, which aren't always gonna be obvious, and take them captive, right? We're, there is the obvious, there's this stinking thing in that you know you've got sabotage sister talking back to you, telling you what you've done wrong, telling you how horrible you are, condemnation, all the things. Enemy loves to amplify that. But you also have beliefs or thoughts that seem harmless, that seem to be true, and therefore you don't even question them. And if you're not questioning them, you're not changing them. And if you're not changing them, you're not going to get a different result make sense? So with that, and yes, I know I say it makes sense a lot. I will try. I will continue. I'll make that one of my 2023 goals. I will do my best to say that less often. Anyway, I hope that this has been a powerful and helpful episode for you. If you could just do me a favor, if this has, in fact, truly only if you feel like it's been helpful, Um, and worthy of your time and your attention, then I would love for you uh, to just leave a review, not just, it's super helpful and important, to leave a review and share it with a friend. And by doing so, not only are you potentially helping the friend who maybe needs to hear this, but you're also potentially helping women that are just like you that will also be helped by this episode and or another episode that they discover because the algorithms as they are, when you write reviews, it tells the algorithms that this is worthy of people's attention and it will also naturally share it to someone that you probably will never even meet and yet you are part of helping me help them. So love you much and I look forward to connecting with you more and more. If you have questions either about today's episode or you have something that you'd like to um, connect with, have questions answered. Uh, you can email me at Rebecca at com. You can join our private community on Facebook and or I, it's Rebecca Tabbert on all the social media platforms. Uh, let's see, what else? You can always go to RebeccaTabbert.com to figure out what's the latest and greatest of what's happening. Um, if you're interested in working with me, you get to uh understand that I will always speak truth and love and kindness. I come from a place of uh, one my own personal transformation experience that gives me this empathy and this concern, but also gives me this sense of urgency because I know what is on the other side of the of the battle. I know what is possible once your health in mind, body, and spirit is aligned. With the greatest potential of what God wants for you. It truly unlocks so many more doors um, for, you know, in my own experience really quickly, just a new level of awesome mom that I never expect. Yes, I ended up with a body I never expected, but I also never expected to understand a whole new level of who I am as a woman that has become the result of becoming this ongoing quest of becoming kingdom fit which god the words that god gave me to describe becoming fiercely fit in mind body and spirit so um, with that love you guys and bye for now